Hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Dudes Doing Trivia. I'm Daniel. And I'm Will. And this week is my favorite and your favorite and the fans' favorite. It's this or that. This or that. We have four categories prepared. We pair them up. You know, you can pick one of this, one of that. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, there's um, an, an element of choice, some gamifying of the system, so to speak. And um, yeah. All right, let's jump right into it. Um, would you like to ask first or answer first? I'm going to, we're not on camera this week, but I will do a little Google coin flip. Okay. Even though you'll have to do the honor system and trust me. I trust you. Uh, flip a coin. What do you call? Heads. It is heads. Woo, I will ask you first then. Seems fun. Alrighty. So, Will, this or that, would you like to hear about geographic strips and stretches or beauty industry science? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll take geographic strips and stretches. <laughs> All right. So, in no particular order, let's get into geographic strips and stretches. Question one. Also known as the East Australian Cordillera, is what other three-word name for this stretch of expansive collection of mountain ranges, the longest entirely within one country? The East Australian Cordillera. Sure. Cordillera. That's how I say it, but yeah. But I, don't, I don't actually know what the correct uh, <laughs> thing is, but um, I believe it separates like the coastal region of Australia where a whole bunch of people live from the outback and it is the great dividing range. Excellent. Great dividing range. Nice one. Mm-hmm. I I'm sure I learned that while I was in Australia at some point. Yeah. I think if you're, if you're anywhere on the East side of Australia, you'd know the great dividing yeah. range, I think. All right. Question two, what biogeographic region is a strip that stretches from the red sea to the Atlantic ocean acting as a transition zone between the dry Sahara Desert and the humid Sudanian savannas. The Great Green Wall is a project to combat the desertification of this strip, which gets its name from the Arabic for coast or shore. Well, so I don't know if I remember this correctly, but I think you taught me this, I'm going to say like five years ago. <laughs> okay. um, so this this area, yeah, I, is it called the Sahal? Oh my god, this guy's too. Who is this guy? It is called. Yeah. I, I call it the Sahel, but I don't, I don't okay, know, I have sure. a pronunciation in front of me. But nice. Me one. neither. And my Arabic is very bad. I only know how to say thank you. Shukran. Shukran. Well, shukran for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, I definitely learned that from you many, many years ago. Wow, what a pull then. All right. Kabinda, staying in Africa, actually. Kabinda Province is a 7,000 square kilometer exclave bounded to the south by a narrow strip of the Democratic Republic of the Congo. South of that strip of the DRC is which country of which Kabinda is a province? Due south of the DRC. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Central African Republic, the CAR. Uh, that would be due north of the DRC. Ah, so, yeah. so yeah, this strip, the Kabinda, and then there's a strip of the Democratic Republic of the Congo, which touches the Atlantic Ocean. And just south of that is Angola. Angola, okay. Yeah, my African geography, uh, she ain't what she used to be. <laughs> All right, let's keep it going. On November 29, 1929, who became the first person to fly over the South Pole? A remote 1.6 million square kilometer stretch 
is by far the largest single unclaimed territory on Earth, and it is found in Antarctica and named after this person's wife. So you can just give me the last name if you like. Oh, my word. I have no idea. And I do think aviation is an area that I have interest in, so I'm surprised about that. So let's say something funny like Lindbergh. Maybe <laughs> Charles Lindbergh did that. It's uh, actually not that far off. This So the guy who flew over the South Pole is Richard Bird, and this stretch of land is called Marie Birdland. So if you oh, ever look at a map, Antarctica is kind of in different sectors. You know, Norway has a claim in Australia and Argentina and everything. But Marie Birdland is this huge swath or swath. I don't know how to say that word. Swath. That just uh, is unclaimed. Well, maybe that's named after this guy's bit, wife. Maybe it's a little bit of nominative, nominative determinism with his last name Bird, and he was a flyer. That's kind of yeah. It's not kind of something too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Let's get three out of five out of this one. A narrow strip of land called the Siliguri Corridor, or it's also called the Chicken's Neck, separates eight eastern states from what countries total twenty-eight states and eight Union territories. Wow. So we have a narrow strip of land. On the east of that narrow strip of land, the chicken's neck, is eight states. And on the east of it is the remaining states. So it would be 20 states and eight union territories. I don't know, but it has to be a pretty big country with that many subdivisions. So... And I'll say there's only one country that has union territories. Union territories. As far as I will. Maybe there's others, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure there's just the one. Oh, that's probably a dead giveaway that I'm just missing. Um, so I, I have to say India. It is India. Yes. Yeah, I, so I knew the, India had states and it is big. So yeah, it has states as union territories. And yeah, that's the, the, so the chicken's neck is the little piece that goes, you know, north, northwest of Bangladesh and connects that, you know, big part of India to the little part of India. So yes, excellent. Three mm. out of five. Very, Love to very hear it. cool. I, um, I actually watched a video recently on sort of India and how Bangladesh was formed, like the East and West Pakistan mm-hmm. um, whole situation. Very, very interesting history there. Um, and it did not help me answer that question. It was still a pure guess. <laughs> right, that's pretty good. All right, I'll take three out of five. So to match me, you need to answer five questions on this or that. Do you want five cues on the seas or the skies? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, let's go the skies. The seas, I, I think I might be better on. Is it S-E-A-S or is it C, Charlie? This is a, an audio format, so it was nice. called The Seas. Nice. So let's go, let's go to the skies. Let's go to the skies. All right. Five questions on the skies. Number one, we all know that the Wrights invented the airplane, subject to some controversy that we won't get into in this podcast. And many will know that Montgolfier was the inventor, of the inventor of the first flyer, which is the balloon. The term for what flying machine was coined in 1861 by Gustave de Ponton d'Amacourt. A flying machine, eh? Uh, I think Da Vinci invented this. Maybe he didn't call it this, but let's go with the old ornithopter. <laughs> You've gone down <laughs> a rabbit hole too far. So Gustave de Ponton d'Amécourt was the first person to use the word helicopter, actually. Oh, that's so the difference than being, <laughs> So the difference being uh, ornithopter was Da Vinci's machine, but instead of having a, a spinning wing like a helicopter, the ornithopter was supposed to flap like a bird. Mm. Uh, I don't think Da Vinci ever built one, if I'm not mistaken. Probably he just not. had like designs and, and mm-hmm. drawings of it. 
Uh, nice. And like just by the looks of it, there's no way that thing would fly. <laughs> and then uh, in in a trivia context, you can't mention a helicopter without saying that it comes from two words that are surprising to people that don't know this fact. And it is actually helico and pter, not heli and copter. Yes. Even yeah, though nice. we say like, <laughs> say things like, you know, quadcopter, it should actually be quad pter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> helico meaning, meaning uh, probably spin or twirl or wrap around. Like a helix. Like a helix yeah. 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 Cool. All right. What marketing product was first distributed in 1990, reaching a peak circulation of 20 million copies, possibly making it the world's best traveled catalog? Um, is this just called In-Flight Magazine or something? <laughs> In-Flight Magazine. It, uh, I think In-Flight Magazine might be like the generic term for what this is. But I'm looking more for a, <laughs> for a proprietary eponym here. Oh, boy. Oh, I can't remember. I thought it was called In-Flight Magazine. Darn it. Okay. Yeah, I got a pass. This is the Sky Mall. That's Sky Mall? Oh, that's that, Sky Mall. I thought, what's the thing that takes you in Toronto to the airport from Union Station? Isn't that called Sky Mall? Um, that is the UPS, Union Pearson Express. UPX, UP, Union Pearson Express. What? Yeah, UP Express, Toronto Airport train. So right. Damn. So the... Uh, there, there was a time in the 1990s when if you were on a flight, probably even into the 2000s, uh, that every seat pocket in North America would have a SkyMon and probably outside of North America too. And I always like looked at it and I would wonder who in their right mind is like shopping from a catalog (laughs) on an airplane. Like who's doing that? And how, like, what are they doing? Calling some number or sending some email or? Uh, I think like the flight attendant would also become a salesperson at that point. I'm not sure. Oh my god, yeah, that's just complicates an already difficult job. <laughs> All righty, number three. I gotta get three here. Next three are mine. Here we go. You bet. What peer-to-peer messaging service was developed in 2006, was acquired by Microsoft in 2011, and was the sixth most downloaded app of the decade from 2010 to 2019? Oh boy. Um, and the theme is Sky, so let's think about this for a moment here. Um like when i think of peer-to-peer you know whatsapp comes to mind but meta owns that then i was thinking sky like tian in mandarin means sky so i was trying to think if there was like a thing about microsoft owning some chinese peer-to-peer messaging (laughs) thing came up short because i can only think of what is it wechat and qq or something like that um boy uh say sky chat (laughs) You might kick yourself on this one. It better not be MSN or something. Uh, it is uh, originally known as the Sky Peer-to-Peer Service, and then they shortened it to Skyper, Skype. Oh and then they couldn't God. find the domain names, like some other people own the domain names, so they knocked the R off and became Skype. Oh, that's cool. Nice one. Did not know. Okay. Very cool questions. You've got to get the last two. Unlike normal lightning... This type of cold plasma discharge erupts out of the top of a thundercloud between 50 and 90 kilometers above the Earth's surface. It also shares its name with a popular soft drink. And I will even go so far as to give you the hint that this one is not a play on words. There's no like, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not like a sneaky thing. It, this just happens in the sky. So I always thought that was called like ball lightning, but um, it shares its name with a soft drink. Eh? It does. Mountain Dew, Sprite, <laughs> Coca-Cola, no. Uh, let's go with Fanta. Oh, Daniel, you're really going <laughs> to kick yourself because you said the correct answer. It is a called a Sprite. 
Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Yeah, you should Google it uh, maybe after the next question, but it is a very cool looking weather phenomenon. It looks like Cthulhu coming out of the top of a cloud, but yeah, yeah, okay. luminescent. Nice. Very, very cool. Damn. Alrighty, in order to avoid the dreaded zero for five, released in late 1969 on an album of the same name, what hit song reached number three on the Billboard and was the most famous and best-selling hit by Norman Greenbaum? Uh, Spirit in the Sky. Okay. Woo. It is Spirit in the <laughs> Sky, and we're back. We're back on track we're back. here. We're here. No, oh, those are awesome. Alrighty, I will take the lead, but that is not the end of that is not the be all end all because your second category could pose difficulties. We'll see. So beauty industry science is gonna be left for last next week. So mm-hmm. what are you going to choose between this week, but not necessarily this year, and New York Times best-selling biographies? Oh, wow. Uh, I like the first category because it's cheeky, but I will go with biographies this week. Excellent. That means next week I'll have to rename this category to last week, but not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> All right. New York Times best-selling biographies, which is a little bit of a cutesy thing because these are also best-selling biographies on the new york times bestseller list this week so they're both actually having to do with this week interesting here we go question one who is the most recent that would be september 2023 subject of best-selling biographer walter isaacson he followed this subject for two years and in the book, he reveals, though his subject denies, that a 2022 Ukrainian drone attack on Russian warships was thwarted by this person's disabling of satellite internet connectivity to those drones. Okay, so I'm going to go, there's two ways I'm going to go here, and I'll tell you my thinking. Uh, based on the current conflict in Ukraine and how that is going, I would have said Volodymyr, Volodymyr Zelensky, but with the clue on satellite internet, I'm going to have to say Elon Musk. And it is Elon Musk. Excellent. Ooh, good question. Yeah, Walter Isaacson also, like the covers look the same, but he also did the Steve Jobs one. He did a bunch mm. of like historical figures. Uh, yeah, very, very good. That's one. Let's see if we get two. Whose memoir is titled Friends? Lovers and the Big Terrible Thing. The memoir was released in October 2022, one year before he was found dead in a hot tub. And among those who paid tributes to this person are Prime Minister Justin Trudeau as his former classmate. All right. There's a lot of way into that one. A lot of ways into that one, but I don't think any answers other than Matthew Perry could be submitted. That's right. Yeah, he wrote his biography, his memoir about a year ago, but it obviously became very popular as he passed away quite recently. That makes sense. And his connection to Justin Trudeau would be, I think they went to high school together here in the national capital of Canada. That's right. And of course, the title of the memoir, Friends being Friends, yeah. Um, yeah. and the big terrible thing being his uh, addiction issues that he had. Yeah, you really lobbed that one up for me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question three. The Woman in Me is among the biggest book deals of all time. It shares an approximate record of $15 million, which is as much as Bill Clinton got for his memoir, My Life. The deal was reached in early 2022. Three months, like who who wrote this? You know whose biography is the woman in me? Um, this 15 million dollar deal was reached in early 2022, three months after an LA Superior Court judge ended her 13 year long conservatorship. Oh, Britney Spears. That's it. Yeah. So she. Uh, that's it. It's Britney Spears, the woman in me. 
What can I say? Yeah, nice one. Uh, as you were asking the question, I didn't really have any guesses. My initial guess was Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, I think for our generation, the word conservatorship was learned via Ex- the Britney yes, Spears song. Like, I did not know what that was until that happened to her. Exactly. All right. You might get a perfect on this one. Ooh. Question four. Getty Lee recently released his memoir titled My F in Life. Lee played bass and sang lead vocals for what band known for best-selling albums such as 2112 or 2112, Moving Pictures, and Fly By Night? Fly By Night away from here. Uh, Getty Lee, famously from Rush. That's it. You are crushing on the NYT best-selling biographies. You better get this five out of five. This is the toughest of the group, probably. Okay. But you can do it. I trust you. Released in November 2023, so just a couple weeks ago, whose memoir spans 970 pages or 48 hours of audiobook, which she recorded. (laughs) Her first offer for a memoir came in 1984 when she was 42 years old. But at the time, she thought she was too young for a memoir and she had way more to achieve. Name this performer known for acting and singing in films and stage such as Funny Girl, Hello Dolly, and A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. Okay. Old lady? Yep. <laughs> Hello Dolly. I'm not going to guess Dolly Parton. I feel like that is a red herring. So I will go. Um, I'm coin flipping here and I'm going to say Jane Fonda. It is not Jane Fonda. Who's the other Lily, coin flip? Lily Tomlin? It is not Lily Tomlin. It is oh. Barbara Streisand. Oh, Barbara Streisand. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. Good questions yeah. for sure. Funny Girl uh, famously has the song Don't Rain on My Parade. Uh, Hello Dolly. I don't know the names of the songs in Hello Dolly. I've only seen it once or twice. But uh, yeah, and A Star is Born, which is from, I think, the 70s. And I don't remember who the man was in that movie. But yeah, that's... Uh, there's Barbara Streisand for us. So awesome. that, that was a much uh, a much more pleasant category for me than I was <laughs> anticipating, if I'm honest. Uh, so that puts me at seven. So all you need is six out of the next five questions. That's right. That's right. No, I got one. I got one. Oh, no, I get it. You're right. Six with timing. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that that's where the strategy of this game comes in. So now you'll probably pick whatever category you think sounds worse for you for this one. And then you could be. have the advantage next time. Let's hear it. So... Would you like five questions on what goes in there or cheaters? Yeah, what goes in there? All right. Your first question. What is the wooden box or even entire room designed to regulate moisture that one might keep their cigars in? As if you didn't say baseballs. It's a humidor. You could also keep (laughs) baseballs in it for sure. So yeah, if I had spent, I don't know, countless, countless thousands of dollars on, uh, say, a Babe Ruth signed baseball, I would certainly pay the money to keep it in a humidity regulated humidor that's it speaking of things going into other things in mathematics what two things does a vinculum separate v-i-n-c-u-l-u-m vinculum what two things does a vinculum separate in math what two things does a vinculum separate in math um let's go with it is the colon that separates a ratio very good guess 
but slightly incorrect. I think I learned this one from friend of the pod, Barry. Okay. A vinculum separates the numerator from the denominator. Oh, it's the nice. line between those uh, those numbers nice. and a fraction. That is actually cool. Thank you, Barry, for you for that one. That's a good one. Oh um, yeah. man, and it, funny because like semantically not dissimilar. <laughs> actually, no, that's not true. Actually, is it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say yes. They are semantically similar. Similar. That's cool. Nice. All right. What everyday item? has a tape with elements that go into a slider with a top and a bottom stop, an insert pin, a box pin, and a retaining box. Everyday item has elements. The elements go into a slider. There's a top and bottom stop, an insert pin, a box pin, and a retaining box. Is that what a, like a deadlock is or like a lock? A very good guess again. I, I didn't even consider when writing the question, but I could absolutely see how those. Um, how about if instead of calling them elements, which I found on a labeled diagram, I called them teeth. Teeth. The teeth go into a slider. There's a top, bottom, stop, insert, pin, box, pin, and a retaining box. The key then? Is there? I'm this is sure. a zipper. Okay, nice. The teeth on your zipper that are connected to the tape are apparently known as elements, which I learned yesterday. Okay, that's cool. And famously, zippers were invented in Canada. So can I con. Yeah. absolutely did not know that. Oh, <laughs> there you Very go. cool. <laughs> Hitting that CanCon quota. Who invented the zipper? Uh, probably Charles Zipper. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> like soccer invented by Jonathan Soccer. There it is. Yeah. All right. Number four. The 2003 documentary Step Into Liquid is a spotlight on what sport? Some of the filming locations include the famous Pipeline in Hawaii, Vietnam, and Cortez Bank, to name a few. Uh, surfing? It is surfing. Nice. Okay. So Pipeline is a, it's a, it's a place in Hawaii. I, I don't think it's like the name of the beach. I think it's the name of the wave. So there's the way that the, uh, the sort of shore or reef break works is that the wave is very consistent and they call that wave, the pipeline. Well, okay. Nice. And what's and in then, Vietnam? Uh, uh, Vietnam apparently just has really good surf as well. And it's a little bit more unknown to the surf community or it was in 2003. And then Cortez bank is where the largest wave that was ever surfed, uh, is found. Oh shoot. Okay. Portugal. Which is giant, by the way, right? It's like 10, 15 meters tall, isn't it? Oh, I, it might be more. I think it might be 100 feet. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. Scary. And the last one. What food prepared to a very high standard by outstanding cooks is a meat stuffed with cheese, then breaded and pan fried? It is named for accessories worn by members of Henry III's L'Ordre des Chevaliers du Saint-Esprit. That's a cordon bleu or a blue ribbon. It is a cordon bleu or a blue ribbon. And you know what I always found weird about cordon bleu and blue ribbon being like the number one prize mm -hmm. is being Canadians, whenever we did track and field growing up, uh, the winner's got a red ribbon and the second place got a blue ribbon. So I was very confused about the whole blue ribbon situation. Oh, that's funny. So very good. Um, surfing in cordon bleu. And uh, that's what your tally is. And spirit in the sky. And spirit in the sky. So three for ten. Realm. You know what? That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we've, we've all been there. Yeah. Excellent game. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see you next week to ask you about beauty industry science and uh, this week, but not this year or last week and not this year. Ah, that's a very, very interesting one. Um, and I will have prepared for you the C's. And five questions on cheaters.
Can't wait. All right, everybody, you know what to do. Send your emails, comments, questions to 2DDTPodcast at gmail.com. That's to the number 2DDTPodcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Smash that subscribe button. Bye.